YouTube. I am Shatoria and we are back today. This is our new season, season two, and we are talking about a whole lot of things. And you already know we talk about faith and everything that we can talk about. However, today we're going to be chit-chatting with a couple of fellas and we call this Black Men in America. I am here with three Black men in America who I have mad respect for. They out here doing their thing. We're going to be talking about some deep rooted issues. As you already know, we're in 2021 and it has already been hectic. So I'm going to introduce our, our black men because I want us to get right into the conversation because this more likely is going to be a two part. And I'm going to introduce, I got, as uh, y'all already heard him back in the first season with his poetry, my boy JB, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Thank you for having me again. Absolutely. And then I got my two brothers who I love out here doing their thing for the community. My boy Gino and my boy Dro. How you guys doing? Good. Yeah, we good. We good. All right. So we're going to just jump right into this and we're going to talk about it. And do understand for everybody who's listening, you know, it is high feelings in this. So please be mindful that, you know, there will be some language that's being used. So I want, you know, people to understand what they're walking into when they're listening to it. But also do know this is real conversation as we've done our first season. Nothing has changed. But we're going to just dive right into it. And so I want them and we're going to get into who they are at the end. But however, I want them to start off with one of the biggest questions people talk about is the identity of black men. Um, as I'm a black woman, I really can't speak for that. However, I want these three black men to talk about what they feel is the identity of black men here in America. And it's no real order. Y'all jump in how y'all jump in. That's right. There's two lenses there. There's me, how I see myself. And then there's how the rest of the people in the world see us. White America, essentially. Mm -hmm. And so me, you know, I, I'm a strong black man, intelligent black, black man, intriguing black man, right? That's how I see myself. But on the flip side, there's the way America views us as black men. And a lot of times we're, we're, we're uh, we put out there as aggressive, uh, non-passionate, cheaters, thugs, whatever words you want to choose, whatever adjectives you want to use, the negative ones, right? It's kind of the ones that we're tied to. But um, for the most part, we have to identify um, with who we see ourselves as first. And if we can't get that right, America's always going to see us in the other lens. And so that's how I see it as a black man in America. I view myself as this guy while also recognizing that America or white America, however you want to word that, see me as as well. Okay. So, so I speak about this a lot. Uh, so, if you want to talk about the image of a black man in America, first off, you got to talk about the image that's been given to us that we call our culture now. Mm -hmm. uh, like, like you said earlier, like you just said, brother, uh, the image of a thug, mm -hmm. the image of a gangster the image of uh, the non-committal black man that mm -hmm. don't, that over-sexualized black man, uh, the not being a father black man, all that's these things that's been given to us that the world sees us as, and we've kind of accepted it because I mean, look, look at the image that we portray of ourselves in the music, in the movies, in every black movie, there's a drug dealer, a ball player, a rapper, <laughs> and a gay man. Mm -hmm. So this is our image that we consistently portray in our music. We can we portray ourselves as drug users, over-sexualized, don't respect our women, gangsters killing each other, and all this other stuff. So 
to me, that's the image that maybe we don't, we, we are not, but we showed accepting the, the labels that we are given because we also, uh, we support those images by supporting the music, the movies, uh, and the labels that they give us. Mm-hmm. So like, like you said, that's not the image I am. Right. I mean, that's, that's not the image of 90% of black men, period. But to, to, to kill that so-called image of the black man in America, you gotta quit, stop supporting. I mean, you gotta stop supporting it. Like all together with the show, the movies, the TV shows, the music, you gotta kill that. Because it's, it's funny how, you know, white America loves black culture. White mm-hmm. America love our music. They love our dancing. They love the way we look because they trying to look just like us. They want big lips. They want big butts and everything. They want it all. But black people, since since we we gotten we got brought to America, um, they stripped us of our culture and labeled themselves as this. We were wholesome. We were loving. We uh, we we were creative. We we are caring. We are all these things that they put upon themselves now and they put their image upon us. The first thugs in America was them. The first gangsters in America was them. Mm-hmm. The first riots that happened in America was them. The first rapes in America was them. The first crimes that was committed in America was them. So all the images of them, they turned the tables and put it upon us like we destroyed America. So I, I can get off my soapbox because I can go for that. <laughs> I see. <laughs> you know, yeah. So you know, I kind of have you know, and I tell everybody I have a very different viewpoint about a lot of stuff, and I don't mean different in the sense that I'm varying from the two brothers here. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm what I want to hit home at is that I I present a different type of black man in the sense that when I mean different, I am half white. I'm also African. On top of that, I was born in Africa, so I've lived there pretty much. I lived there for about 10, 12, you know, eleven years. Eleven years. So the way I look at the world is through a cultured lens. And I appreciate, you know, where, where, I, where I've come from to where I am now. And one of the biggest struggles that I had was trying to figure out where, who and what do I identify as, okay? Because a long time, it took me a, a while. I, seriously, it took me, man, I didn't know what the, you know, I was like, oh, I don't know what I am. You know, I, I'm not even trying to be funny. And most folks who are biracial, especially in the white and black community, so, you know, struggle with this for a long time. And it took me a while. So it took me until I'll say truthfully, oh man, um, high school, I started getting comfortable. But when I got into the army, and I'm gonna tell you why, when I realized I wasn't as black as I, as I, as I thought I was, and then the Southern folks remind you real quick who you are and give me a different viewpoint. They told me, you know, how they how, how hard they worked, the, the struggle that they had, X, Y, and Z. It gave me a different viewpoint. And as I started growing as a man, I started identifying, yes, I may be mixed, but I am a black man. I'm an African man. I am a man that's been born and raised in Africa. My viewpoint is different. My attitude is different. I value things differently, you know. And why is this important? It's important because it's given me more of an appreciation of my fellow brothers, you know. And I can understand the struggle. I can under, Even though I may not have lived it. I understand how different it is because what I what I saw back home compared to what people are going through here, it might be similar but two different stories. Mm-hmm. You know, everything is closely tied together. Mm-hmm. And 
And, and because, that's true. And one, that is it, it, it just just because someone's living in a hut and you living in the ghetto. Don't I'm telling you, it, the story is just different. But you're going through the same struggle. The problem right. is, you know, the other part of it, and I want to, I don't want to get too involved in this, is that, you know, appearance-wise, I may look a certain way. All right. Now, I speak for the brothers that probably have gotten overlooked or 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 don't appear a certain way or 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 don't act a certain way. So for years I struggled with confidence or feeling like I am who I am because of what a black man is supposed to be. Mm. And until it took me, it took it took me a while to finally say I am that black man. So it took me a while to get to that point. And that's why I view myself with confidence. So when I look at black men and black men that I aspire to be, the first thing I look at is, is confidence. Most black men, you can never say it could be most black men have it. Is that confidence, that swag, that X, Y, and Z, you know, like, and it's, it's what ties us together and what draws people in. You know, some of us might not, but some of us have to bring it out. But it's one of those things that I just want to point out that, you know, I, I have a different viewpoint. I'm all about giving, bearing different ideas. No, I pre- well, first of all, um, I appreciate that. Y'all got me dang near tears. I like the way you, all three broke it down and how all three of you are very different. However, you are now educating people on the feelings that, you know, men have feelings. They have an outlook of certain yeah. things and what they desire to be respected as um, and seen as. And unfortunately, a lot of voices just go unheard. And honestly, like, Dro, that, that like, really, like, it, it punched me in the heart a little bit because you know I would have never known you was like that. Like I've always seen you this confident dude. It was like, all right, Joe. Nah. <laughs> I ain't even gonna lie to y'all. I mad respect that, and I respect the honesty that comes because a lot of men don't say that. That is a that is a, a lot of black men though that, uh, like Joe said, we we portray a confidence, but um, a lot of black men have insecurities too, and this is where. Our, uh, our counterparts, our black women, mm. don't really see or understand that black men have feelings. Right. <laughs> hey, don't get me started on that, bro. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a whole other story. So, that's a whole other story. I, I don't, don't want to make this a, a, a black woman and black right. men thing because I think no. it's too much of that in our community as it is. It's, it's a black community and we all are fighting against the same uh, distant justice, the, the same uh, oppression, the same thing every day. And we don't need to be fighting against each other. But I think that our counterparts need to realize that we have feelings and emotions and we are not brick walls, but not, you know, hardened criminals that don't have any feelings or don't, you know, uh, care or have insecurities because we always uh, raised from a child and the way you are raised and the things you go through through life creates who you are so with that being said that the things that I lack getting or receiving as a child creates those insecurities that I still have as an adult so don't don't I mean, I know we display this confidence, this swag, this I control everything, I don't feel nothing, or that's because we were told that's what a man is supposed to be. And nine times out of 10, we were told that by our mothers, a, a woman. I'm sorry, I, like I said, I don't wanna put this as a woman or a man thing, but 
at the same time, the, the woman's outlook of a man is that he's not supposed to feel, he's supposed to be tough, he's supposed to be able to handle things, but they don't know we break down. Mm-hmm. We have weaknesses, right, right, right. we get tired, we get weary, you know, and things make us uncomfortable, but we have to portray that image that I'm still in control, which 90% of the time we still in control, but we do get scared, we do get weak, we do get, you know, have those feelings that uh, mm-hmm. I need somebody to lean on at times, or I need somebody to have my back, or in an emotional state, I need somebody to, you know, give me that push or that encouragement that you are doing the right thing, you are doing good, you are doing strong, you are strong, you all you can handle these things. Mm-hmm. But hey, you know, go hey, ahead, uh, Shatori, Before you transition to the next uh, question, uh, I want to I want to jump back into something Drew talked about when he was talking about identity struggling. And uh, he mentioned that a lot of people from the South kind of show him that, hey, this is how it really is. And so he also talked about um, having some confidence issues. And, you know, I'm going to tell you a story about something that he he mentioned. I ran into my first deployment in 2005. I was in Iraq. I I feel like I'm the the realest black dude alive in my mind at this time. I'm a 19-year-old dude from Georgia. You know, I walk a certain way. I talk a certain way. I do this. I move a certain way. You know, I got this old swag about me, confidence about me. So I ran into a guy that sounds similar to what Joe described coming up, sort of in this identity crisis. He was a mixed dude. To me, the corniest dude I've ever seen in my life, right? Because I'm, right. I'm looking at him saying, bro, you lying. You don't even you don't even talk like me. You don't walk like me. You don't, you know, as ignorant as this may sound, I'm about to say it. You don't even use the N-word, blah, blah, blah. You lying, dog. <laughs> right. That's sad, right? But I'm just telling you where I'm from. We all move the same way. We talk the same way. And so as this dude talking and gee golly, man, I'm like, what? Black people say gee golly? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> so, so fast forward, you know, six months down the road, that's how long my deployment was. I mean, this dude became the best friends. Exactly. And by being with him, it changed my view, saying, dude, you narrow-minded. You the narrow-minded guy in the situation. There are other people that live in Nebraska, you know, middle, middle midwest yeah. of, of, of the country. You know, up north, west coast, that say things differently. You from right. a little small right. bubble in Georgia, and you think that y'all are just the coolest people in the world. By the way, I still feel that we the best South. <laughs> best, so, best so I, I want to before we move on, just a little bit. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I got the same type of story though too. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I got a homeboy, and Tori, you know my 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 best friend Rob. Oh. Yeah. So he from Georgia too. So I'm, I'm, I'm from St. Louis. Mm-hmm. So uh, and if you don't know St. Louis, St. Louis ain't nothing but a big hood, a big ghetto. I'm talking about everybody. I've heard about it. And everybody's grew up in gangs, everybody's all these type of things. And that's exactly how I grew up. Right. So I'm coming through the military, Air right. Force. Yeah. I'm the hardest cat in I'm talking <laughs> about. I'm the realest cat you will meet. Right, and right, right, right. I'm ready for anything. Mm-hmm. And this, my partner, he graduated from college, Dale State, got his <laughs> degree, and all this other stuff. So, I'm, all right, okay, so, so I, this dude from Georgia, whatever, and you know, I meet him through my other homeboy or whatever because they went to high school together. Because he he went to high school in Delaware and all this other stuff. So I'm like, you from Georgia, but you went to high school in Delaware and all this other stuff. So I'm thinking he corny for real. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 But you know how you uh 
think you lived the hardest life. Like yeah, yeah. I got, I had my older brother was killed when I was fourteen. You know, my younger brother died when I was nineteen. Mm. I'm talking about I had a plethora of cousins get killed, and because we grew up in gangs and do you know the streets. I'm talking about real live hood cats. We this is who we were, man. So I'm thinking this dude corny, whatever, but he cool. So I start hanging out with him more and more. This mm -hmm. is one of, and he turns out to be one of the the realest, toughest cats I've ever met in my life. And I'm not talking about tough in the sense of fighting and all this other stuff and, you know, acting ignorant or won't back down type stuff. I'm talking about the smartest, toughest cat in life. And, you know, first off, he lost his mother when he was a kid. His father was strung out on drugs and stuff. Him and his sister was in foster homes. His grandfather had to come get them from Delaware and move them back to Georgia because they was in foster homes and all this other stuff and they didn't know. Through all of this stuff that he went through, he grew up in a hood in, in Decatur. The, uh, through all of this stuff, he goes to college and graduates, comes in the dude's raising a family. He's married, raising a family now and all this other stuff. And you think you had a hard life until you hear somebody else's story mm -hmm. and to see what they came from this when i say this dude got it out the mud i'm talking about he lost basically he had both his parents raised by his grandparents and still had the the drive to go to college and graduate because a lot of us as soon as something goes wrong in our lives we feel that's the that's the the turning point where we can give up and we can just turn to do the easy way out. Let's let's sell drugs. Let's do all this up because my life didn't, didn't turn to shit anyway. Excuse my language, but that's what we do is, okay, since I hit this roadblock, I'm going to turn this way. But this that's, dude, that's the only thing some of us know. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. what I'm saying. Right. And, and he had every dog. Would nobody have even said a wrong word if he went to jail, if he did some bad stuff throughout his life and all right. this other stuff because of the way he grew up. But this dude took that as a the drive to be better. And yeah, 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 yeah. This is and and, and honestly, man, like the rap, the rap, my I'm part of about my homeboy from Iraq. What I what I learned from that is. There are, diff there are different definitions of real depending on where you're from. Mm -hmm. And what I learned about him was he was an authentic cat because he was real to himself. I used to joke with yep. him, pick at him. He didn't he didn't fold, he didn't switch it up. He was like, man, you can be you, I'm going to be me. And at the end of the deployment, I had a different definition of real because, that's like you said, where we from, we look at real as in the streets, yep. doing this, doing that. But this, this is real, real over here. He being himself, he authentic. He don't care what nobody had to say about him. I'm going to just be corny me. And I was like, wow, dog. That's, Respect. That's the cats I Respect. can get along yeah, with. Like, yeah. I can get along with anybody as long as you real. I hate a fake person. Yeah. Right. That's, oh, that's I do know for sure about all three of you. <laughs> Y'all don't do fakeness yeah. at all. But yeah, I mean, that, you know, real is, is almost objective for some people because, they, like they said, you know what I mean? Because I view it, you know, for me, it's like it's honesty. It's character. Yep. It's it, as a man now. Those are things that I value. Are you by your word? Are you are you can are you loyal? Are you you know what I mean? Like before, it was, I bet you know before it was all about making money and oh who flashed man I wish I, you know Flashy yeah and all that, oh yeah. my god right. 
I don't even want to put it out there, but you know, I dibbled and dabbled in some activities that I know damn well I should have never dibbled and dabbled in and almost got in trouble. And it was that time where I almost got in trouble and I said, you know what? Oh my God, this ain't my life. And, I, and you know what? And I ain't about that life. And so I'm gonna be the first one to say that ain't my that ain't my style. And, and you know what? I had to learn. You know what I'm saying? But I can relate to these two brothers, me and Gino, because let me tell you, you know, simple facts like. You know, once I met my boy in Army, you know, like, and he was from the straight south in Mobile, Alabama. Oh, boy. Whew. That's a whole other ball game. Man, I won't get into that, but I'll just say, man. Shout out to Mobile, man. You know what I mean? Like, and, man, but anyways, I just, I get it. I get it. So, right. Now, with that, though, so let's talk about this as we, as we transition. It actually works out together. Educating our young black men, because let's be honest, like you guys offset, everybody's coming from different aspects yeah. of education. You know, okay, we talk, we got the schools and everything else, but the educating the black man about who they are. I, like Gino said earlier, I know we don't want to bang the black woman against the black man, but we also got to be, me anyway, I'm, I'm big in reality. Uh, one of the things I've learned as a black woman, I can't raise a black son alone. This is why I'm glad he has his father because there's things I don't know, I can't comprehend, and I don't understand. What I do know is I'm a black woman that is praying for my black husband, my black son. So when it comes down to that education point, how do you guys feel? Because I know JB, you have a daughter. Um, Gino, you got three boys, you know, and a daughter. So how, and you know, I, Dre, y'all, you know, you, you a black man, in America. So how do you guys deal with the education of our black our black men? Let me go first on this one, JB and everybody. Go ahead, bro. Go ahead. Before I forget. So here's my thing. So I come, you know, my the way, you know, I was brought up decent. I had, you know, we lost everything too. So then I got humbled in life. We got really broke. You know what I mean? So and then you know we got back. Okay. Now now let me explain why this this ties in together though. To be honest with you, I, I was all I was a I was a straight jock. All I cared about was soccer, going to school, and women. And let me tell you, that was at a young age. So I was on a road to destruction early. Okay. So with that being said, I also was what I also was not, I would say a gifted student. All right. I was not someone that was focused on, on school as much. I barely made it through. I did okay. But I'm gonna tell you my approach while I'm going first. I took an unorthodox approach to learning. I decided that I was going to drop out of high school, but I had a plan. I had a plan. And my plan was I'm going to go every damn day to MLK library to go study and practice that test. And when I did it on my own, I passed. Now, it, you know, I was met with a whole bunch of resistance because as you know, if, as you know, it, when a student drops out, the school loses money. You know, but I told the, guy, the guidance counselor and she said, you know what, okay, go ahead, you can go. I said, I'm serious, I can't do this. I'm not learning shit here, excuse my language. Like, it was that bad. I said, I'm not learning nothing. Like, I'm telling you, nothing is, un um, I can't grasp anything that you guys are teaching me. So, all right, graduate, uh, dropped out, got my GD on the first try and I barely passed it, but I passed it. And when I went to college, I finally found my footing. I was able to learn on my own, get my first 3.5 and I excelled. Now, the thing is, is that most people believe that we were, they're supposed to have conventional teaching or go through this part, traditional method of learning, mm -hmm. but it doesn't fit a lot of us. A lot of us are breadwinners. A lot of us are hustlers. A lot of us are working towards a certain path. We have to find our way. And let me tell you that GD test was not easy. I could, I, I wish 
someone will come and come back and say, oh yeah, I can pass it. Go ahead and try it. Go ahead and try that. You know, a nine, you know, you had 10th grade level X, Y, and Z trying to study senior X, Y, and Z. No, 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 no. Go ahead. It's not, it wasn't easy. So my point in saying this is that everybody believes you have to take a traditional route. You don't have to take a traditional route. But by the way, what? Guess what we're about to have in the next couple of years that we're not going to have a shortage of? Electricians, mm -hmm. damn laborers. Because guess what? Drone ain't doing it. I'm paying those people. Yeah, it might be handy, but I'm going to pay them because I want the economy to work, okay? <laughs> so the point is, is that I need them. I'm going to pay that young man $25, $40 an hour to fix my damn thing because I need it. So some of us don't have that ability. Some of us just have to learn that. And guess what? A lot of us Black men are the ones that are doing it. And because they want us to fit in a certain method, you have to go to college. I need people to stop telling people to go to college. Go to college, it's not, right. It's not the route for everybody. It makes me so mad. Because I understand that I grad, I dropped out and I got my master's degree. I got every, I got it. But do you know how much work it took to get to that point? And even then, even with two master's degrees, I am still questioning about my intelligence. Mm. So that's <laughs> I have to do twice as much more work. So it ain't, you know, it, you know what I mean? Like I have it on paper, but guess what? It's just so I can tell somebody, guess what? I got it. You want to, you can't take that away from me. <laughs> hey, Dro, you, you, I'm laughing, man. Cause you, uh, I feel like we have some, some of the same beliefs when it comes to education, <laughs> but, um, you, you, you said something, man, like, you know, Kanye West said it the best. Some people mm -hmm. graduate and be still stupid. Oh. You know what I'm saying? And, and it, it, ties, it ties into what you just said, right? Um, I mean, I don't. I mean, you sound pretty intelligent to me, but like you said, I got two master's degrees, and I still question my intelligence. And so, I'm a man where I see life as: look, gravitate to something that you're good at, and be a master of it. Mm -hmm. And so, there's a plumber, an electrician. There are reasons there are a thousand different career fields out here. Find something that piques your interest, and move toward and gravitate towards it. Because, like you said, school ain't for everybody. I'm I'm just now finishing up my bachelor's now. I'm 35 years old, and I don't feel and I don't, I don't feel no type of way about it. I don't feel like I'm behind. I don't feel like I'm done because I can carry on a conversation with you. I can walk in an executive office and have a conversation with the CEO of this company. I can do that because you know why? I feel like as black men, if I if I had a mentor a young cat right now, I say, bro, educate. Excuse me, educate yourself on something that you in, get that you get involved with. Mm -hmm. A lot of other stuff is not important. If, if I'm a scientist, I don't care what a mathematician is doing. If I'm a scientist, I don't care what a, you know, a, a marine biologist is doing in the water. I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, be specific. If you're going to go a route, go that route and be smart at it. And so school ain't for everybody, man. Like, I'm not trying to crap on education. It is important. Some people want to take the traditional route. Some people want to screw their mama's money up. Some people want to do all this stuff. I get it. It's cool. Me? School was never my thing. I didn't want to go to college at 18 because I knew me. I was a young, dumb 18-year-old, like, like old boy said, in the streets. I knew I wouldn't go to college oversleep and be uh, promiscuous. I knew that. I knew that. That's my truth. So I didn't want to waste anyone's money by doing that. And so I didn't find my passion until three years ago. You know mm -hmm. what? I like working out. Fitness is my thing. Right. Let me go over here and get my degree in sports and health science. That's where I'm at with it. And so... Another reason why we shouldn't push the education because a lot of times people don't know what they want to do with life. They just don't know it. 18, 19, 20, 22. Oh, so um, find something that you're passionate about, man, and, and go that route and, and go hard at it. That's how. That's kind of how I see education. So I'm, I'm 
on, I'm with y'all to an extent. Okay. So education is the most important thing that I can push to black men and black women. Education is the key to, I don't want to say success, but to life. And I'm not talking about, it might not be a traditional education in the sense of math, science, English, but history is the biggest piece of education you can ever get in the world. History to me can teach you so much. Like you said, even with a, a, a person being in a, in a field where they're using their hands for as an electrician, an uh, auto mechanic, uh, uh, a plumber, and all these other things. If you don't know history, if you don't know how to understand history, you don't know where you're useful at. Because you don't know uh, how often a toilet might back up. How how much how long can you use a toilet before it back up? How long is these bulbs good? How long is these uh these uh, uh, uh transmission is good? Those are all things that deal with history. And if you don't know how to trans translate history, you have a problem. If you don't know how to read, there's a problem. If you don't know math, there's a problem. Those things are the most important things: reading, math, and history. Those are the most important things you can learn. And like I tell my sons and my daughter, uh, regardless of anything in this world, they can take everything from you. Yeah. I don't care money, house, car, clothes, whatever, but they can't take what you know. Right. Facts. And, and history com continuously repeats itself in America especially in America, <laughs> all over the world, but history co continues to repeat itself in America. And if you don't know history, you fall for the okie doke consistently in America. So I, I'm, I'm a big, I'm, I am an advocate for education and it may not be a traditional education, but I think everybody should experience at least college for at least for a semester because yeah. you don't want to miss out on something you could have maybe you education in school wasn't a thing in high school. But once you get to a level in college where you can pick your own courses exactly. and you pick mm. your own career field, the things that you're interested, interested in. Take your own route, yep. And they start talking to you more about it and you find yourself more interested in it. And you start finding yourself learning more things about the things you love. I think everybody should experience at least a semester in college. Like for instance, uh, our college for us, our first experience with college was military, exactly. tech school. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. That ain't nothing but college. <laughs> yeah. That wasn't nothing but college. That's all. <laughs> dorms and going to school. That was your thing. That's true. Meeting new people and acting a fool. Yeah. That's, that's it. Yeah, exactly. On your free time, you partying, you drinking. That's what I told people, man. Air Force was is just college. like college life in the beginning, exactly. man. And, and I tell, Damn, especially a young black dude, <laughs> I tell them all the time, if you don't know what you want to do, I don't care if you believe in the, the, the things in this country or the this country at all, go to the military to give you direction. Get you a start, yeah. You'll, you'll learn something you love. Use the military like they're going to use you. Man, what? <laughs> boy, so you better stop. You're talking, you're talking too much sense, boy. So, if you don't know they what you use do, and, and, and college may not be the thing you want, that's cool. And you you don't know how to be an electrician. You don't know how to be a plumber. You don't know anything, any other career field that you might love. Go to the military. 
help you. You will find something. <laughs> no, hands down. I not only was it our college, but let's be honest, we got paid every first and fifteenth. So and that's what I'm saying. We had a, we we were going and learning a skill and yeah. getting paid for it. <laughs> At a young age, though. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So these things, education, we need to take advantage of education. People died for us to be able to do things. So I always say take advantage of education, especially, like I said, history. I am a history fanatic. I love, and, and this is my passion. My passion is Black history. Uh, which is American history, which Black history doesn't start with America, but this is us. And, and, and you know, it's funny that my partner right here, the dude that I treat like a brother I love, is from Africa, the country that I love, the country that we are. This is where our ancestry starts. It doesn't start here. It started from here. And, you know, to hear... For, we discussed, and I'm sorry, I, I'm yeah. going into other things, but cool. Gus, his background and what got him to leave Africa, what his family went through to leave Africa, and what's crazy is I got so excited that he was talking about this one event that no other Black person really, unless you really love history, you knows in America exactly. that happened. Exactly. And when he started talking about it, I was so excited that, you know, I I really met somebody that experienced this in, in the Congo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the, the people don't know, remember in 94, the genocide that happened in the Congo because we weren't talking about it. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so, and him to be experiencing this and going through this and tell me, and I'm, you know what's crazy why he was telling me this? I'm I'm putting images to it. Like I'm feeling like I'm there. It's exciting, but it's sad at the same time because he was going through this shit. Right. Excuse my French, but he was going through it. But I'm I'm excited that I can have this conversation with somebody on something that I've read about, I've learned about. And and what's crazy is you have to go find this stuff yourself and i tell my kids all this stuff all the time that learning does not stop with school when school ends that's when you fact check school oh hell yeah right 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 oh man like my biggest thing is be well-rounded right you know what i'm saying like i'm big on that like i'm not big in the school as much as you two seem to be my key is be well-rounded and educated on what you get yourself involved in one of the biggest mistakes i made in life was when I joined the Air Force. I promise y'all, bro. I didn't know my job until I got to tech school. That's how ignorant I was. I'm just trusting my recruiter, going through this, going through that. I get to tech school, they say, um, yeah, who didn't sign up to be uh, a cop? I'm like, uh, raising my hand. They like, well, too bad. You know, you stuck. I was like, wait, wait, I didn't sign up for this. The <laughs> biggest moment it taught, it's, that was the biggest moment, a teaching moment of my life, bro. It taught me recognize what you get yourself into. Oh, and right. in that moment, I need. I said, I'm going to be educated on everything that I involve myself in because this was you the first what? mistake ever. What's crazy? <laughs> I can relate. Let me tell you a story like this. <laughs> because what's crazy is, is that, you know, I joined the Air Force and the job they gave me was security forces. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
That was me. Yep. I went into the airports. I'm in basic. Luckily, like I said, reading math and history. <laughs> Let me tell you something. <laughs> Let me tell you. Something. This is how I, I read about this, right? And before, um, after I got the job, I started reading about security forces. And, and you know, my recruiter was like, he was glamorizing the job. Like, oh, you're going to get to do this. Uh, I'm like, okay, okay. Yeah. So now I started reading about this job, dog. And all of a sudden, I already got my date to go to basic. So I'm like, I start reading about all this stuff that's going on and what they had to do. 12 hours on the flight line and all this other shit. I'm like, hold on, cuz I'm not. I'm not feeling this, <laughs> bro. So, that's I'm it. Get to basic, though. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm in basic training, and but I've already read about this stuff, so mm. I did some research, and I'm like, how can I get out of this? Oh, here's the catch. I wasn't mentally stable. Like, if you're not mentally stable, and then they say, if you feel like I told them I was afraid of guns, <laughs> Wait. of course. Smart guy. Wait, but you got to prove it. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, God, bro. Wait. <laughs> oh, God. You got to prove it. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so they looked at my record and I got into a lot of trouble in, in St. Louis and everything. So they was like, you afraid of guns? I was like, yeah. I was like, you know, my older brother got killed. He got shot and everything like this. Right. And they was like, the kicker was, they said, so what you shoot at the gun range? <laughs> I'm smart, cuz. I shot a four. <laughs> you really did shoot one? That's just as loud you told him. No, I shot a four. Oh, <laughs> Boy, like, you trash, boy. I shot, I, I shot a four. Gino, wait. So when I went to that, hold on, Gino. You shot a four at basic training. Yes, when I went to the when I went to the 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 uh the uh psychologist. Wow. Oh, he asked and said because I did the research. They gonna ask somebody did a blog or something, and you know the internet wasn't really big. Right, right, right. Back then, so you had to do really like find some stuff. So somebody had did a thing where they told what they went through and all this other stuff. So I was like, they like, they probably gonna ask you what you do at the range and all this other stuff. So I was like, okay. So I shot a four, cuz. What was crazier, dude said, you shot a four. I was like, yeah, he was like, signed off on it. I got a different <laughs> job. I went in a supply. Hey. <laughs> That was my first lesson, bro. That was the first thing that taught me in life. Learn what you get yourself into before you get into it, bro. Let me tell you how crazy this is, because this is going to surprise Gino, because you never heard this story. You know, it's funny how uh, we have different stories, but they're all similar, right? So check this out. Guess what young Dro wanted to do when he got into the Army? Dro wanted to be infantry, (laughs) airborne ranger, okay? So I had it in my contract, and I had to go all those, all right? So, but wait, hold on, let me backtrack. Let me backtrack. I had airborne in my contract. I'm going to tell you about that later. But 
I decided, fuck that. I ain't, you know, it, I said, all right, I want to go. I want to, if I'm going to go join the army, I want to go all the way. I had my head. My, my, I'm telling you now, I was one of those. Yeah, you can say what you want. I was like, I want to go all the way, all American airborne. Like, that was my goal. I don't think that was. said he was gung ho. Huh? That, was, that was me. I probably was going to be somebody's sergeant major if I stayed in 27 years in. Okay, but, but let me tell you what happened. I went to MEPS and his brother, all right, stopped me and he looked me dead in my eye and said, let me tell you something. Do you want do you do you want a job when you get out the army? I said, oh, I mean, you know, th- th- think, you know, I'm like, well, what do you mean? I want to go airborne. <laughs> I get you. Airborne. I'll get you airborne. All right. Then I said, okay, that's cool. So what? He's like, trust me, uh, you need to go supply. And you see how this all comes full circle? Uh-huh. What did he say? Go supply. So I know it sounds crazy. He said, I'm I'm looking out for you, young man. Trust me. I said, all right, just give me airborne. And I swear to God, it probably was the best decision. That man probably saved me because I'm not going to get into detail as to what happened during my military service because don't, they don't need to know shit. I made it. I made it. I made it through. I got my honorable discharge. That's all y'all need to know. Okay. But my point is, is that that man probably saved me because as many times as I was supposed to go certain places, it didn't happen. And then I damn sure was probably going to go 82nd Airborne. And I yep. probably was gonna, damn sure going to be deployed every fucking year. Excuse yep. my language, y'all. But guess what? Life is funny. Because guess what happened? I saw, I went to 101st Airborne. And I was, you know, was supposed to go aerosol. I got hurt, Baze Baba, whatever. But it's funny how life turns around full circle and it comes back to you. That one decision from somebody else, a black man, and since we talk about black men helping each other out as well, saved me. And I'm sure if it wasn't for him, I don't think I'd be where I'm at right now. And I think, I don't know who that man was. I don't know, but I'm going to think he was my fucking angel because I'm going to cuss again. But he was my angel, y'all. So for y'all Christians out there, I'm letting y'all know right now, that was my angel. Because again, I'm not telling y'all what I went through during my military service, but he saved me. And I'm 100% sure that, I'm, and I mean this, I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for that man to say, hey, you need to take this chance. Take this chance. Because I'm telling you, Young Dro was amped up. I was ready to go. So I'm with the fact that Dro was like amped up, y'all, to go into the army and be all that he can be. Like this is a whole. Other- <laughs> <laughs> I've that's that's part of education. Even right. taking the advice of people who experience things—that's part of education. Exactly. Yeah. You know, uh, life experiences is the biggest teacher. Teacher. Yeah. Teacher, bro. But. If you learn it from other people's mistakes, that's the yep. smartest exactly. thing you can exactly. ever do. So I laugh because you know, Dro, uh, so everybody that's listening. So Dro is prior army and um Gino is prior Air Force. So, you know, always thank you guys for everything. I was stationed with Gino back in the day at Tinker, same with JB. We was all stationed together. Me and JB is, you know, still active. So we still out here rooting because you know, we we close to retirement, you know, we we popping these deuces here real soon, but Nah, I, I definitely have to, you know, tell you guys, thank you for your service. And I won't even, I've had a, you know, a, a good time back in the day at Tinker, you know, I say growing up because um, we we grew up a lot. Like, you know, being in the military, military make you grow up a little bit. Like it, yeah. it, it make you grow up a whole lot because you get to really see, you know, college, it, <laughs> military make you really realize, first of all, you're not all that. Let's let's start there. We we oh 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 that's a whole other that's a whole other uh, uh, topic right now, man. Yeah, that's however, but it makes you grow up to realize um 
like you guys said, the education part, because everybody assumes, you know, graduating school is, is going to make you the up and up. I mean, let's be honest, when you got that, that end of the year yearbook, you know, from your senior year and it says most likely to succeed, most likely to do that. You know, I'm about to hit my 20 year right now. And I'm like, mm, yeah, no, no, some of us need to meet these quotas right here. Right. Am, I the, am I the oldest on here? Because y'all keep saying about the wait, wait, I'll be 39 this year. I think you are the oldest, Jenna. Yeah, I'll be Man, I don't know. Most y'all about to retire. So I don't yeah. know. I can't. First and foremost, I got. Hold on. I came in at 19. I, I came in at 19. I don't look like I'm about to be 39. I still look like I'm in my 20s. Okay, well, give you 26. Okay, that make you feel better? Sure. Okay, that works. <laughs> It's, it's, yeah, I think Gino is the oldest on this, but we all in our 30s, so, you know. You know, the, the tie-in sort of the education, I kind of finished the education part, just to let y'all know. I think for me, what it was is when I realized how stupid, oh God, how stupid people were in the army. And it was this dumb stuff. And I sat there and I said, what? This can't be my life. Like, you, you, you don't know what? Like, so I sat there and I said, you know what? I cannot be this guy. I cannot be this guy. I know that I'm a little E1 at the time. And I was like, there's no fuck. There's no way I'm going to sit here and listen to this little bum idiot who's an E4 talking to I'm about to be sorry. And he didn't know shit about, I mean, didn't know anything about anything. <laughs> and I sat down, I was like, oh God, this is not life. Right. Like, and it, it was at that moment, I think that I valued education. And I got my first degree while I was in, in the, in the army, and I and I, I was looked at differently because people respect you a little bit differently. Like differently, they, yeah, yeah. Like the senior NCOs respect you if you want. You know, like some of them respect you because you they know you're working for school. You're educated, yeah. You know, education is a scary thing, bro. Exactly, it ain't and, easy, and that's why. Yes, you know, it, it it's a scary thing because you can lead a lamb to slaughter. Mm. Mm. You can lead a dummy. To you can get them to believe anything. Mm. Yep. If you know better, you do better. If you know better, you don't. You don't. You're not too keen on believing what somebody tells you. You more right. to go find the answer yourself. I'm right? a fact checker, bro. I'm a fact checker. You research everything. Don't don't just believe what somebody's telling you. Exactly. <laughs> tell you anything. You know, if they tell you the sky is blue outside, you go out and check. Go out there and check. Right, right, you right. You go out there and check. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm telling you, like, this This is not... Education is very important because it teaches you skills and not only it teaches you what happened or, you know, skills to for life skills and all these other things, it teaches you... Uh, 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 what, what I'm going to say... Uh, um, I want to say a habit. Mm. It gives you a habit of okay, reading is not a punishment because a lot of, and I I see this with a lot of uh, black folks is that we feel like reading is a punishment because when we were little, you know, we couldn't watch TV or we couldn't go outside, and the only thing you could do is read a book. That's a punishment. We use that as a punishment. No, it's not a punishment. Reading is is it's entertainment. Reading is educational. Reading is giving you a, 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 a basically a leg up on the competition because the more you read, the more you learn. Mm -hmm. And but my kids see that as, oh, we go to the library or, or to a, a bookstore and they, they think we get Toys R Us. You know, that's that's you know, right, right, right. That's, that's, we, and, uh, you know, reading 
I hate the saying that they was like, you want to have something from a black person, put it in a book. Put it in a book. Yeah. yeah. And that's crazy. Every black person knows this saying. Hey, <laughs> bro. It's true, but, bro. But what's it's crazy true. is, is that we still don't read. Nope. <laughs> well, I, I, I take that back. I don't want to, I don't want to put this, this overarching comment about black people. It, it's true to an extent. I'm because just gonna say, I don't, I don't think I don't, I don't want to say that we don't read. I right, 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 right. Okay. I want to say that we don't read enough. We don't read enough. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it at that because um, yeah, as, really as, as 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 a writer, I do a lot of writing. There can be a lot of jewels in my writing, but I guarantee you, probably ninety five percent of my friends on Facebook are black. Where most of my writers go, small percentage of them read it. You know what I'm saying? And and and, and, and poetry might not be your thing. I get that. But like like they say, you put some in the you want to have some from a, a black person, put it in the book. Sad, but somewhat has some truth to it. it, it every every joke has some truth. Every joke, every joke has some truth. Oh, to yeah. it. Just about what's written. Um, as a female, one of the, as a black female, one of the things that I notice is we read what we want to read. What's entertaining our our mm-hmm. time. So a lot of people, and I hate to say it, we like to read about the drama. We don't want drama. To Oh yeah, really going on. You know what I'm saying? We don't want to read about what's going to enlighten us. I am a, and before we end this segment, for me, and I, Gino, I appreciate Gino to the fullest because I've seen how he is with his kids, especially you know, like when I met your daughter and what she told me she wanted to be when she went to my girls' empowerment. That touched my heart because one of the things me and Gino talked about before is when kids, when you ask kids, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? It's not always about the athletes and those type of things, and that's a conversation me and JB has had before. Because yeah. growing up. We did not have, in our two little small towns, we didn't have the athletes to look up to. We didn't have the, um, the actors and stuff like that. What we, what we, we didn't have a what you want to be when you grow up type of situation. And for me, I appreciate reading. I say that because when I got to my grandmother, 10 years old, I could not read. So grandmama had us on hooked on funnels because grandmama was like, one thing you're going to do is you're going to know how to read. You're going to know how to do math. If you don't know how to do nothing else, that is what you're going to do. And so I didn't get the importance on it. And so now as an adult, my daughter loves to read. She, I can say she gives them a nurse because she like, she finds every single book and she just want to read all day. And I'm cool, got it, need a break. But however, she likes to read. I never thought in a million years I'll be writing a book about the fact that I couldn't read, I couldn't write, I couldn't spell. So a lot of people don't realize how important it is to educate yourself, like you guys said, on reading, on math, on history. I'm a history buff. I love history. One of the biggest things I'm big about that I, I teach my household is I refuse to repeat it. If I can make a difference and change in it, that's what I want to do. And I want to know how I can do that if I got to do it differently than what the last person did for me. So before we end, one of the biggest things with education is how are you guys, how are you as Black men in the community trying to make a change when it comes down to our education, to our, especially to our young kids? And one of y'all want to go first? You know, smile because I already know. Go ahead, you know. I see. You know, Gino's doing it, so you know he has the longest. He's actually doing it. So I'll point. be laughing. This one. So, so what I do is is that you know I have a nonprofit organization called Right Now Academy, and it's spelled W R I T E. So education is the biggest part of Right Now Academy. And it's directed towards, well, it started off as directed towards our young black boys, but I've opened it up to our uh, black boys and girls because I see a need for both. Uh, 
and it's it's not um, just a gender thing that's being attacked anymore. It's not that just our young boys that's being attacked or you know uh, being used. Uh, so education and history, African American history, is the basis of my nonprofit organization. And what that is is why that is is because. Our young black youth think they don't have anything to live up to. That's why they take their lives for granted. That's why they play with their lives. That's why, I, you know, we got the saying, YOLO, you only live once. That's bull. You live every day. And what's crazy is, is that people gave their lives for you to educate yourselves and be more than what they were. So, my organization is to create an image of you that you want to be, not what society says you have to be. Because society tells us Black kids are only uh, entertainers, uh, rappers, athlete, drug dealers, killers, and gang members. That's the box that society has put black kids in. And they 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 re reaffirm those those sayings by the image of you that they show on TV, the image of you they portray in the music. Because, you know, it's it's funny how, and I hate to make this about a race thing, but the white community will complain about the music that's played in the black community. But the black community is not mass producing this music. It's white folks that are. We don't own any production companies for real. No, we don't own any production companies. Every rap label or black owned label is under a parent label like Universal that's owned by white folks. Mm -hmm. So we don't have a, a, a black distributing company for music. No. White people are distributing this music and it's mainly to our community. We don't have, you know, we we got Tyler Perry now, but I mean, even with those, we we in TV and movies and things, we we portray these uh images that aren't aren't us. They're stereotypical images consistently on TV far as the rapper, the drug dealer, the athlete, the gay person. That is consistently in our movies, our TV shows and everything, even if it's black produced or black created, those images, those stereotypical images are still put in these shows because they know that white America will not produce or uh, 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 what I want to say, fund these movies without those positions. Because that's the image that we consistently have of Black America. So, you know, with what I've learned and what I, re I read, I don't read anything that doesn't have to do with uplifting Black people. Because I don't think that there's, there's, there's time wasted. <laughs> I feel like if I read something fictional, I just wasted my time. If I, I feel, and, and I know that, you know, a lot of people don't agree with that or they don't, you know, uh, 
they feel like that's a joy to them to sit down and read something cool. I, I, I agree with you. You know, reading period is, is, is stimulating your mind. My thing is, is that I'm not going to waste my time reading anything fictional. And I, I, I don't waste my time with uh, reading anything that will not benefit me or my community. And I, I really encourage every black child that I have contact with to read something about somebody that looks like them and has the same in, uh, interests as them. If you want to do something in America and you are black, there is some black person that wrote about it to tell you how to do it and tell you their experience in doing it. And this is what I use uh, my platform and my nonprofit organization to do is to encourage education and introduce our children to other career fields other than athletes, entertainers, actors, in the streets. So that's that's what I'm I do. I'm that's what's up, man. Um you know as I think it's I think it's very interesting that you uh you big in history. I'm the opposite. I, I hated history in school. Um I have more respect for it now because I took a history class about two years ago and I was like damn I actually like history, but when I was in school, I felt like history was so unimportant. I felt like it had too many dates in it to remember, too many events to focus on. But now, um, as, as a 35-year-old man taking a history class about two or three years ago, my perspective has changed a little bit. But to get to the question, what what I feel like um, I bring to the community, and I mean, let's let's be honest about it. I have, I have friends in, in every class, per se. You know, there I have my, my white-collar friends that are lawyers and doctors. I have my you know, I have my middle class people, blue collar people I talk to, and I have my, you know, my street cats, stuff like that. My thing is, Victoria, you and I talked about this on the, on one of my, on our previous podcast, like, I like to educate people on being thinkers, right? And so we shouldn't get trapped in a box. There's, a, there's, there's this construct that's designed for us to live in, right? Let's be honest about it. The American construct. And so I don't live in it. I've got, I've got, I've got all kind of flat caught from people because I don't live in it. And so what I like to tell people and when I talk to people throughout the day, it's about being different, thinking outside the box. Mm -hmm. And so if we, if we find ourselves living in the construct, we're going to find ourselves living in the rat race. And it's important that we, as, as black men, educate our people, our family, our friends on being different because being different can get you places. There's a reason why, you know, uh, you know, uh, CEOs like Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, these guys exist because they were different. You know what I'm saying? And so my thing is pushing out this whole piece of being educated on the worldly views. Let's not get caught in the construct. Um, get out there and talk to people, educate them on. Did you challenge your boy about something or did you just take his word for it? You talked about that earlier. Yeah. I want to say, I want to say Gino mentioned that earlier. A yeah. lot of people do that. And so if if I don't get out there and push the envelope through my writings about, you know, looking at life a little differently, I find that a lot of our, our people will be stuck in this this construct that America has built for us. So I'm big on just educating people on philosophical views. That's kind of my thing. That's where I stand at. And so it's kind of what I do. But I do like the path that Gino has taken. 
on this this historical path to educate us on our history. And, and you, when he say our history, you mean black history. I appreciate that. I might want to get back into history now because of you. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm telling you the truth, man. Like, um, I like what you just said as far as, you know, looking at things um, differently and, and being different. Because that's one of the things that I try to push is that you don't have to fall. For instance, I posed this question and Torby talked about it uh, or Dro talked about it a few minutes ago of um, what I do. I speak at a lot of schools out here in D.C. Mm -hmm. and I was at uh, Bradbury Elementary School and I grabbed 10 kids, 10 young boys. Uh, they was like fifth graders. And I went down the line and this is statistics showed the exact thing that they did. And I asked, I went down the line and asked them uh, what they want to be when they grow up. Nine out of the 10 kids said an athlete so, or entertainer. Right, right. I remember that. I, figures. And I told them, I said, this is perfect. I said, it's perfect in the sense of y'all meet the statistic and, and you know, I didn't have to give you a numb, some, some statistic that y'all really didn't understand. So y'all showed what America thinks of you. Mm -hmm. Said statistics show that nine out of 10 kids, black kids will say entertainer or athlete. Fast money. That's what they want to be when they grow up because we've, we've, they've, they've convinced us of that, oh, they'll pay us millions of dollars to play this game and millions of dollars to sing this song and all this other stuff. But how is that advancing us? But then I told them, I said, uh, you know, I said, why? I asked one of them, I said, why do you want to be an athlete? They said, because they make a lot of money. Cool. I said, that's a perfect answer. I said, because it brings me into my next statement, because I said, who pays the athlete? Mm. They said, the owner. I said, okay, the owner pays the athlete. Okay, I said, there's on an NBA team, there's 15 man rosters or 12 man rosters. I said, and the owner pays all 12 of them. I said, the biggest guy paid might make $30 million a year. Mm -hmm. Other cats, I, let's say the, the second biggest guy makes 10 to 20. Right, right, right. You got a 10, and then you got the rest making of about 1 million. 2.5. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I said, I said, so he's paying all these folks. I said, so who's the richest? They was like the owner. I said, okay, so why would you want to be a player and not be the owner? That stuff is not taught in our neighborhoods, man. And, and that's what I'm they stopped. They stopped there, and I see all of them thinking. Then I asked right. them. I said, I said, so what happens if you don't make it? Because there's millions of kids trying to be uh, basketball players, superstar basketball players. And you're the one that don't make it. I said, and, and I'm not saying you're not going to make it. I'm just saying that you don't make it. But you love this game. Said, so what do you do? Then what? Yeah. It's like, I don't know. I said, okay, so you still want to be around the game. There's other careers that will put you around the game. And this is part of my nonprofit organization. I said, you could go into sports medicine. Mm -hmm. Or you can be a trainer for athletes. I said, you could be a ref. You could be a referee. They get paid well. Yeah. Or you be a sports commentator. I said they get paid well. 
You know, I started naming all these careers. You could be a cameraman that uh, gets to go to all the games and, 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 you know, show all the games. I said, there's so many things that you can still be around the game that you love, but you're not being an athlete and you still can make a living, a great living out of doing it. I said, so don't put yourself in the box of if I'm an athlete, if I'm if I don't make it to the NBA, I I'm I'm a bus. And that's what the mm-hmm. black community does right, is right. that yeah. you know we push our kids in athletics so hard because we've been told that that's the only way we can make it out the hood. Is that's part athlete. of our that's part of our construct. Yeah. Yep. That's that's and part that's, of it. I, to 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 uh, turn it back to what you said was getting us out of that box of you know and getting us to be thinkers. Thinkers, man. That's what it's all about for me. So as in this one, I cannot end this without you guys telling you know um, how to get in contact with you guys. Especially uh, you know I want everybody to give their information, um, bro. So and before we end the same, I definitely got, you know, Dro is out here doing his thing. Um, he may not think it's part of the community, but it is because you out here helping people get jobs. And let I me, mean, let's call like we see it. We are in a time where a lot of people is like unknown, don't know what to do. And yeah. you out here writing resumes. I have seen your writings. I have seen your work. I am, I, I, I am beyond honored and humble to be able to even use your service because You've been a busy man in 2020. So before we end this, I do gotta let you give your give your stance. What what you doing with this? Well, you know, for me, you know, I try to put a different perspective because I think for me, it's you know, I'm very humble and lucky because I'm and I I'll be the first first person to tell you when I do well, I do extremely well, and when I fail, I fail. You know, and I always been <laughs> humble. I'd be like, you know, every time I for it, I suck, and then put it. And after that, it's like, you know. But my point is saying is to show some humility, but to tell you that's facts. I ain't perfect. I'm a human being. While I have a good record and an amazing record, in my opinion, I still get humbled every day because sometimes I fail terribly, and then those one or two things might affect me for the rest of the day. Now back to the good stuff, because um, one thing I will say is that you know, it, there's not a lot of black men doing what I do, all right? It's heavily dominated by black women. And what I'm not gonna do is talk about black women because I can't do that, you know? And for me, I'm very fortunate and blessed because for a long time, I was not getting black males come to me and I was starting to get worried for, I mean, the first year and a half, I was like, oh my God, what's up with my, what's, what's going on? Y'all don't take, like, you know, it, it, was a, it was a problem for me. I'm not gonna lie. And now I, you, you, man, you, I got brothers approaching me left and right. Now I'm gonna spin this for a little differently. By people of all nationalities and all different cultures come to me, it gives them an opportunity to work with someone that is not like them, that is different. Could you imagine? Here's tattoo dro, you know, grad, you know, dropped out of high school, and now here I am helping someone get a fifty thousand dollar raise, one hundred thirty thousand dollar raise that they couldn't do themselves. You know, it happens. And I mean, when I do it, it, it works out. So I'm very fortunate and blessed. What does that do for us as, 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 as men of color? You know, it helps us, you know, gives us that, that, that level of respect that, hey, he is serious about his business. You know, he's also has integrity. You know, he has, he's, he's able to achieve and help others. Because at the end of the day, you know, I'm all about supporting and I want people to achieve and, and 
education and everything else ties into what I believe in. But I'm a people, I'm all about people development. At the end of the day, if I can change your viewpoint on that man or X, Y, and Z, it's then I've also done my service as a human being to help you shape to help you shape your your viewpoint on others. Because now, because you trusted me to work with me, guess what? You might give that black man that opportunity to get that job that you probably didn't think of because you hired me to help you do your resume. I've been able to help break barriers. I I've helped people to to shift the mindset, you know, and I'm going to put this out there. My top earners are my black women. I'm going to be straight up. Number one clients, top earners, the highest earners, the highest increases, second white men. And I'm just giving straight facts. All right. Black men are finally coming to me to the point where I can help them. But again, I'm I'm saying what I said for a reason, right? you know, and and, and for me now, you know, I'm trying to help shift that. Because at the end of the day, I want to see everybody succeed. And it, what it comes down to is just openness. And for me, I'm all about helping people. And I'm, I'm also trying to break barriers and break, you know, small biases that people may have by working with me. And if it help, if I, because the way I look at it is, I still got to compete with everybody else. And at the end of the day, I got to make sure that I represent my people and the folks I do well enough that they'll want to hire somebody else. And that's the way I view it because what I do might hurt, hurt somebody else if I don't do a good job. Absolutely. So I, I definitely want to say, um, first of all, you know, all three of y'all, I, I support everything you guys do. Always have, always will. Um, because I, I know what you're doing. I'm, I see it for myself. It is very evident. Yeah. Um, I'm also seeing the fruits of you guys' labor, um, especially with Gino. I, I've been working with Gino for a while with Right Now Academy. I see the great things that yep. out here doing. He's handling business. Academy. Yes. So, and we definitely going to have it on the website as well. So people know how to get in contact, how to donate the whole tire nine and trust and know when you're donating, you're donating to a brand that is really out here with handling the the bull. I've I've seen it for myself and I'm so, so grateful to be able to watch its growth over the last couple of years. So, and then with Dro, Dro, first of all, Dro is humble. However, I'm going to call him out and I'm going to post it on I Am Shatoria. Dro has succeeded, y'all don't understand, in 2020. Like, we're talking about resume writing, something that, as they were saying earlier, we, first of all, not my calling. I ain't doing it. So I'm going to pay Dro to do it because I ain't doing it. <laughs> And draw, draw. What is your what is your number for twenty twenty? What the number is? It's probably more than that because I I got I got some more, but I don't. At the end of the year, we're gonna go ahead and say your number. What's your number? It was three nine three nine. Really, to be honest, it was actually about three twenty four. But at the end of twenty twenty, it was three nineteen. So three nineteen. So we're talking about three hundred nineteen people has been hired off of his services in twenty twenty during a time where people are concerned about jobs and do understand he write resumes for the government sector and the private sector. And when I say he'll be steady, he's a beast at it. Like he said, he's not perfect. However, 319 in a COVID time, look here, brother got skills and I'm so appreciative for that. And y'all already know how I feel about JB. JB writings is on my page. Every time he come up with something new, he gives me his up so I can post it. So <laughs> is real. So and yes, I do read JB stuff. I love it as somebody who likes to read poetry anyway. So, and for those that heard our podcast before, um, he's still out here working and everything else. But do know we are not done with this conversation because I we we're about to be talking about uh some relationships next. Oh boy. But 
next time. You know, we about to get it in. So definitely, I want to tell everybody, thank you for joining us today, sharing your time. Um, as always, remember to check me out on IG and Facebook at I Am Shatori and our website, IamShatori.com, where we're talking about affirmation. We're giving out topics, encouragement, and inspirations. I believe we need to always walk in love, live fearlessly, and always, always have a whole lot of faith. As always, it's never goodbye, but I will see you soon.